welcome back to another daily walk. Well, today we want to talk a little bit about discernment, and uh, I have this booklet here from John MacArthur. I have a pile of these, so we'll probably do uh, several of these for the next few weeks, uh, um, looking at the um, different booklets that he has. Very interesting, and, and they're small, quick, and easy reads. This one is Discernment, Spiritual Survival for a Church in Crisis. This is a very timely booklet because our church is in crisis. Of course, this week I did, or last week rather, I did a uh, book review on the book by, by J.D. Greer, um, Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. And the problem is the book wasn't heretical. It wasn't like full of false teaching, but it was so soft it did not give you anything either. It's like, it's, it's like sucking on a moist sponge. You don't get any sustenance out of it. It almost feels a little bit nice, but that's really all you get. Well, discernment is important in the church because without discernment, we have a very, very hard time with seeing what is true and what is error. And he points out a lot of good things in here. Uh, one thing that I, I recall he pointed out in this little booklet, he says that um, a lot of people, even if they can sense something is wrong, they can't exactly put their finger on it. And even if they can put their finger on it, they're being labeled as as hateful or heresy hunters or things like that, which is a very valid point. Um, obviously, I did the, the book, The Art of Shallow Neighboring, which is a parody of The Art of Neighboring. And The Art of Neighboring does border on heretical. And uh, as for the reasons I identified in my book, I, the whole last quarter of my book is an apologetic illustrating exactly what is wrong with the book, The Art of Neighboring. Not that it's a bad thing to get to know your neighbor, but the way that they handle the scripture is so dangerous, we do not even dare entertain those items in the church. Yet most people have heard about that book from the pastors in their church because churches are lacking discernment. And as I talked about this book to different people, everyone's like, well, what's so wrong with the book? I said, well, did you read it? Well, no, but I have, you know, so-so pastor, so-so friend, so-so. Like, dude, read the book. Get a little bit of discernment. This is an excellent little guide. I would recommend picking up a copy of this and having a look at it. So, little 13 pages, very easy to read. And uh, he starts out talking about the greatest deception ever, which was uh, the Trojan horse, you know, how they conquered Troy uh, in this. And then he uses this as a branch point to talk about what is spiritual discernment. So let me read his, he has two paragraphs here. Spiritual discernment is the skill to dis, uh, of distinguishing divine truth from error. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says we are to examine everything carefully. Of course, it goes on, uh, hold fast to that which, uh, examine everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good and abstain from every form of evil. That's the entirety of that little section there. Uh, he says that speaks of testing something to determine its genuineness. Believers are to evaluate everything they come in contact with to distinguish what is true, what is false, what is good, what is bad, what is right, and what is wrong. And as in that book, um, Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart, the problem is, is that it was so soft, it didn't actually provide any solutions. In fact, he, he set out and provided more false assurance, and his entire purpose was to counter the concept of false assurance. MacArthur goes on, that can be a difficult task. Why? First, we are consistently fighting the deceitful desires of our sinful natures, and second, we face satanic 
deception. The devil is doing everything he can to confound and confuse us. Third, he says we are inundated with worldly influences that seek to overpower us. And that is so true. The worldly influences do seek to overpower us. And a lot of times we don't see the error because we are so seeped in worldly uh, influence that we can't spot things. The, the, the best example is postmodernism. We are in this postmodern culture that particularly the young people have been grown up and groomed into postmodernism to the point they can't even recognize it in their lives because it's been a whole part of how they've lived their life entirely. Of course everything is relative. Therefore your theology must be relative as well. Unfortunately that is heresy. That is postmodernism. But that is an example of how we are inundated by worldly influences. Opposing the world, the flesh, and the devil requires us to hold fast to that which is good, which is another part of 1 Thessalonians 5.21. We are to embrace wholeheartedly what is inherently genuine and true. We are also to abstain from every form of evil. That means we are to separate ourselves from every form of perversion as though we were avoiding a deadly plague or a poison or maybe the coof. Um, one commenter correctly wrote, the worst forms of wickedness consists of perversions of truth, of spiritual lies, although today many look upon these forms of indifference and regard them as rather harmless. He talks in here, um, I think going into the next portion, um, he talks about uh, the next section, why is there a lack of spiritual discernment? The first point is weak doctrine. He talks about this idea that was um, uh, promulgated by Focus on the Family. Of course, Focus on the Family by a psychologist with no official theological training and apparently no theological, um, we're not even talking seminary training, we're talking focused a whole lot more on his doctoral in psychology than he did focused on anything having to do with theology. And as a result, we get this pop psychology with biblical isogesis, and it produces this weak theology. But a lot of people are like, oh, wow, that sounds so good. And so they think that that is all purely Christian. And uh, he actually has a large quote um, from a book called A Call to Discernment uh, by a Christian counselor, Jay Adams. And uh, he talks about these self-styled experts in psychology, sociology, and educational PhDs in their field and Sunday school degrees in the Bible pontificate on Christian teaching on life and on radio and elsewhere to set themselves up as spokesmen for God. For example, Dave Ramsey always recommends that book Boundaries by Henry Cloud. That book is garbage. It is absolutely 100% theological garbage. Now, if it were purely psychological, I'd say fine. I know a lot about that field, okay? I have about an equivalent of a master's degree in study in that particular field. The psychology in that book is great, but the fact that they try and isogeet it as being a Christian book means it's absolute tainted garbage. Throw it out, get yourself John and Linda Friel's um, uh, The Secrets of a Dysfunctional Family. Instead, they're gonna teach you all the same things without pretending to be Christian. That's exactly the thing he's talking about. Again, the psychology in that book is fine, but since it's trying to be a Christian book, it can taint your Christian views. Just like all these Hollywood productions of movies like Exodus and such, they taint your Christian perspective because oftentimes we are too lazy to read the 10 chapters um, as Ridley Scott, the 
director of the film, he says, I never even read the part in the Bible about the Exodus that we're doing the movie on. He didn't care. But most people are going to be like him. They don't read it, they watch the movie, and they think that what's in there is what's recorded in the Bible. Give it one generation and we will have an entire heresy based on thinking that the Exodus of the movie with Christian Bale is more biblical than what is actually in the Bible. That's the problem and that's exactly what the Christian psychologists have done. So he talks in here about these. Again, we're just going to go briefly through these because we're already getting up close to time. This is just such an interesting little booklet. Why is there a lack of spiritual discernment? He talks about the weak doctrine. The second is relativistic thinking. This is what I talked about earlier with postmodernism. We're thinking that that this that everything is a continuum. Uh, whatever's true for you may not be true for me. He talks about worldly methodology. This is church growth pragmatism. We don't care what the Bible says. We want to see if this plan causes more people to show up in the church. Hey, that's what biblical is. So let's go ahead and do it because of course we have to build the church, don't we? Of course we don't. That's not part of the Great Commission. The Great Commission is to go out to preach the gospel and to baptize believers in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. There says nothing in there about building mass groups of unsaved people and filling your church full of them. But that's what the church growth methodology has managed to do. The next is inaccurate interpretations. This is, and he talks about here two types of people. One is a whole lot, uh, let me just read this whole first paragraph. Today's church is, has failed to interpret scripture accurately. This is not surprising because for the most part, it is indifferent towards God's word. Some teachers in the church are not trained to study God's word and end up with wrong interpretations of it. Some are trained, but instead opt to tell stories instead of preaching the word. Hence, Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 4.2, tickling your ears, tickling your ears. This is the problem I had with Greer's book. Uh, stop asking Jesus into your heart. It's full, full of these little stories, and oftentimes they actually miss the biblical mark. Um, or a mix man-made ideas with biblical truths. Others are simply too lazy to interpret God's word accurately. Still others arrive at what they believe is truth by some mystical intuition, experience, or emotion. In addition, today's church has elevated nearly everyone to the level of an expert of interpreting scripture. So inaccurate interpretations. The next one is lax discipline. This is what Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart failed to do. It's talking about you know, stop asking Jesus in your heart. If you did it, you have assurance of salvation, but it never went into the disciplines of Christ. These are the means of grace. If you are not practicing daily Bible study, prayer, Christian service, these are the means of grace. These are the things that grow us. These are the things that cooperate our spirit, our will with God's spirit to grow us in conformance into the likeness of Christ. But we are so distracted by phones and we're so distracted by uh, the latest TV programs or anything else where we don't have discipline in the Christian stuff anymore. And then finally, I believe he does spiritual immaturity. So many of the church have only a shallow knowledge of God's trust and personal experiences or feelings or personal comfort and success as a way of life. It's what I call baby Christianity. A baby crawls around on the ground and indiscriminately puts stuff in your mouth. This is why I have to watch what's on the ground when you have a baby around. Well, that's a baby Christian. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. You end up reading Greer's book and thinking it's deep theology. Wow, I never thought of this before. Have you not been reading your Bible? And then, or you read The Art of Neighboring, and you think, wow, this is what I need to base my whole ministry on. It's heresy. It's insane. This is insane because we are spiritually immature, because we've denied the discipline. We have lost, lost sight of the means of grace, and we are just doing whatever feels right.
This is what Dave Ramsey has right. Children do what feels good. Adults exercise a plan and follow it. Be an adult in your Christianity. Exercise a plan for Bible study, a plan for prayer, a plan for Christian service, a plan for involvement in the kingdom of Christ and exercise that. Don't just, oh, but there's something so good on TV. Oh, I, I got to I gotta get past another level on, I don't know, whatever the latest video game is on your phones anymore. I don't even know. Um, so then he concludes the book with a question, how can I be spiritually discerning? Uh, number one is desire it. As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you, O Lord. Um, he uses um, Proverbs 2, 2 through 5. Make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice to understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. That is desire. Desiring it so much that you want to follow it. Next, pray for it. Again, notice you got to desire it. You got to pray for it. Um, spend some time praying for discernment. God, is this really bad? Rather than filling out the latest commitment card, I, I've told this story before, you know, when Purpose Driven Life first comes out and our church buys hook, line, and circuit, away into the church growth movement we went, and uh, they're like passing out the book and in your bulletin today is a commitment card. Fill this out. You're committed to read this book and to put it into practice. I said, I'm not filling out a commitment card to put into practice a book I haven't read yet. I don't know if it's heresy or not. A friend of mine later told me about five or 10 years later, he says, you standing up and not putting your name in that blindly is what gave me the emboldened power to not do that. Remember that guys, when you stand up with a backbone, other spines are straightened. I'm not committing to follow the practices of some brand new book I haven't read. I would kind of like to know what's in it. What are we, Congress? We got to pass the bill to find out what's in it. Oh, I got to read the book to know if I... No, 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 no. Do not do commitment cards at your church. If they bring oh, it, oh, the art of the neighboring is a new thing. We're all going to commit to either pray for the neighborhood or we're going to walk in or we're going to start a neighborhood barbecue. No, why don't you stop and ask God what the ministry God has for you is first and then decide if that's an alignment. If it's an alignment, great, go for it. But stop listening to all these guys from your church that are trying to define for you what your ministry is. God is the one who defines for your ministry is. I'm fired up today. I don't know. Um, the next one he says is learn from others. Learn from other people, either that you know or that you can read, whatever else. Learn from other people what is important. And then finally depend on, no, not finally, um, depend on the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit is a true discerner who will lead you into all truth. Uh, from John, um, uh, that's John 16, 13. Uh, he has a large quote from 1 Corinthians 2, 11 to 16, which is good on discernment. The thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. A natural lost man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And then the last, guess what he puts in here, guys? The last one he puts in here, study God's word. Remember those means of grace? Those things absent from stop asking Jesus in your heart? Oh, stop asking Jesus. Once you did it, you have eternal salvation. Leave it at that. And then you're going to be left frustrated. No, dive into the means of grace to learn discernment. Study God's word. Pray. 
rely on the Holy Spirit, desire it, learn from others. These are the important things for discernment. Definitely pick up a copy of this booklet if you can. Um, if you get on John MacArthur's mailing list, uh, you might be able to get that for free. Who knows? I forget when he sent that one to me, but uh, I have a whole stack of these piled up. This one was like the second one pulled out. First one was like, eh, I don't know whatever get to the first, get to that one later but anyway thanks for watching guys a little longer than i like to do the daily walks but uh hey i think it was great information on discernment thanks for watching have a look at the website ourwalkinchrist.com thanks for watching i hope that you enjoy your daily walk and our lord thank you for tuning in our walk in christ podcast is a listener supported presentation for more information about how you can help check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.